Hey, thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope that you'll be able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope that this message will be an inspiration to you and that you'll find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. The word vision, I like this definition, the state of being able to see. How many of you are able to see? I mean, let God open your eyes today. The state of being able to see the ability to think about or plan the future. Think about this. Uh, To think about or plan the future with wisdom, God's wisdom, that is. So vision is opening our eyes, understanding where we are, who we are in God, and who God is, and what he wants to do in our life, and overall, how we believe that God uh, is a good God. That was a great message last week. How many of you know God's good, all right? So the ability to think about or plan the future with God's wisdom. Uh, I uh, love what my son said to me years ago. He said, when I was facing a problem or an issue and I was expressing some great concern, he said to me, Dad, don't worry about it. In 10 years, it won't matter. And when I heard that, um, I thought that's not a scripture, but maybe it should have been. All right, so in 10 years, it will not matter. So I want you... I want all of us to take a little mental, uh, spiritual journey right now and think about our eyes are open and think about where you may be, where you believe God may want you to be 10 years from now. 10 years from now. Uh, God has a plan for your life. And it's a plan to do you good and not harm. It's a plan to bless you and use you and grow you into what he wants you to be. So it's a great plan. And some of you I know, maybe you're a little older and you're saying, 10 years, I'm going to be dead. Um, uh, Don't say that as if it's a negative thing. It's uh, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. No, picture what God pictures. He doesn't picture you 10 years dead. He pictures you 10 years in heaven. He says, no, you're not dead. You're, you're very much alive, and you're going to be with me 10 years. So that's a positive, I would say, amen? So even if you think you're going to be dead, that's a good thing, all right? So, and the rest of you, think about it. Where am I going to be? What am I going to be doing 10 years from now? Well, of course, you don't know the answer, but you do know the answer that God wants to provide you is that you don't know what may be there 10 years from now, but you know in God it will be what? Good. And so he says, write this on stone tablets. Write it. Write it on stone so it will even outlive you and your testimony will live beyond you. So write down uh, God's plan for your life. And um, the vision of God, as I looked at this word, I thought, okay, first and foremost, God has written down his vision. And his vision is right here, can you say, amen. 
Here is the vision of God. Now, it encompasses uh, this great, great uh, uh, abundance of things, and inside of that is the particular vision that God has for us. It's like when Pastor Johnny first came here uh, 20, uh, 25 years ago, uh, someone asked me at a youth conference, do you direct his every day and tell him exactly what you want? And I'm like, of course not. Uh, we talked about boundaries. We talked about the overall uh, view of my desire to see what happened. And inside of that, he did all kinds of incredible things along with Jamie and others of the team he had. Incredible things inside of that. This may have been uh, uh, the overall arching plan or desire, but inside of that was the liberty to seek out God and find out exactly what what he wanted in the week-to-week experience. So this is the overarching vision that God has for all of us. That's why you need to know the Word, amen? That's why you need to study the Word so that inside of that Word, God can speak to you and, and direct your footsteps. So he says, write it down on tablets, so it will outlive you. Uh, some time ago, it's been a good while now, a gentleman in our church came to me and he said, Pastor, I want to do a, a research on your ancestry and uh, our ancestors. And I thought, uh, well, that's interesting. And um, I knew that one of my family members way back, I knew that uh, he was riding in a wagon one day to go home, and another cousin, that's just far removed, uh, jumped out because he had offended him, jumped out, took a knife, cut his throat. So uh, I'm like, I don't know if I want you really looking into this, all right? So anyway, because if I know that, and that was only two generations back, God only knows what's back there. Uh, but anyway, um, he did it, and uh, David Murray uh, his wife, Joanne, just so happened, me speaking on this this week, just so happened they celebrated a few days ago their 50th anniversary. So, guys, where are you at? Stand. Where are you at? Oh, right over here. That's right. Right over there. 50 years. Let's celebrate with them. Amen. Bless you guys. You're very special. Oh, uh, wow. Um, and Joanne let him do this, but I, he took a lot of time. I expected him to come back with a couple pages uh, of just writing. He comes back with a binder like this huge uh, and uh, D, um, D, what is it, DVD, uh, to go with it. And I, I start looking at it. I am overwhelmed with what he has put together, pictures and uh, 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 all kinds of uh, census records and all those kind of things are in there. Pretty incredible. But I saw pictures of things written on stone that I had no idea were back there that he brought out and put in that binder. First of all, there was a, a person in my heritage that was named Cornelius 
Stevens, all right? He was born in 1847. He died at in 1922. He was 75 years old, which was quite lengthy for that period of time in history. But there's the stone of the original one that was in, uh, literally, this is the name of it, Cow Pen Pond Cemetery. All right, so anyway, I've never been there. It's close to my house, but I never went. Didn't know he was in there. Cornelius Stevens, about uh, three or so back, all right? But then he was served in the military, happened to be in the South, so you know. Uh, anyway, they uh, made a new a stone for him. You can read more clearly. Don't pay attention to the flag there. It means nothing, all right? So anyway, <laughs> now you're paying attention. All right, great. What is that flag? Anyway, none of your business. All right, so, all right. Uh, but on that stone is etched uh, his name, the date of birth, and all of that information. So he's been dead for a hundred years, and he, his story still lives on. And then, even further back, in 1810, was born someone that was given the name of Miller Stevens. Uh, he lived in Georgia. He died in 1885, Miller Stevens, which also happened to be my father's name. And my father, uh, I don't know what he was thinking, but he gave it to me. You didn't know that. Just keep it there. All right. So anyway, uh, so it's in there somewhere. I don't talk about it. Don't even ask me about it. All right. So here, here is his headstone, 1810, born, and uh, 1885, died. Then he could go back as far as he could go on my dad's side. He jumped to my mother's side. And here's where it got interesting. Because in 1596, Sir Thomas Carey, yes, I said that, Sir Thomas Carey, and he was married to Lady Joan Miller, and he died in 1648. So it went all the way back there on my mother's side. Sir, he was a knight. I thought I was just a poor country boy. I got, I got people back there. I really got important people back there. Knights, there's things flowing in my blood. <laughs> and he was over in Bristol, England. I think they even have a picture of it. I need to go there to find out if they're looking for me. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but that's pretty incredible. Listen, um, he researched Alice's side. There was no royalty on that side. But anyway, uh, she married me, so now she's royalty, all right? So you can just call me Sir Carl from now on. Or Lady Alice, either one, all right? Or not that, but call her that, all right? So anyway, uh, and these things are interesting and fascinating, but um, they're, they're impactful to an interesting degree. But the more I thought about this as I saw this, uh, the more I realized, okay, yes, that's, that's, a, that's a surprise to me that they're all not killers back there. But uh, uh, anyway, and then they had a son that was a colonel. I didn't tell you that. But anyway, and so um, in the British Army, I guess. And then uh, I started thinking about, but I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. Uh, 500 years ago, Sir Thomas lived as an ancestor, 
But 2,000 years ago, Christ or thereabout was born. And as a result of him and his life and death and resurrection, I really have royal blood flowing in my veins. See, it's not an accident. It's real. He even declared himself, we are royalty. Literally, we are royalty because we're sons and daughters of God Almighty. Uh, that's pretty incredible to say the least. And God calls us. The Bible is full of incredible names that he has chosen to call us like friend like loved or beloved, uh, like he calls us strong, he calls us fearless, he calls us free, he calls us the sons and daughters of God, he calls us a disciple, he calls us the elect, he calls us citizens of heaven and the temple of God. And one of my favorite names he calls us is Saint. I'm, I'm, don't call me sir, call me Saint. Carl, all right, so that's a step above sir, I can tell you that. Now, look, if Paul can write to the Corinthian church that was full of chaos and division and call them saints, you and I qualify, all right? So I'm just telling you. So let me ask today, uh, let me ask this question. How many saints do we have in the building? How many saints do we have? Oh, wow, we got a bunch of saints in the building today. So, all right, praise God for that. Now, growing up, I heard something else um, periodically from preachers and even a very famous evangelist years ago used to say this. He would say, we're just sinners saved by grace. How many of you are just a sinner saved by grace? Don't raise your hand. That's a trick question. That is a trick question. Some of you are like, yeah, yeah. I'm, yes, I'm a sinner. Why did some of you maybe find it easier to raise your hand on that one than on the other one? Because we're too sin conscious. And the enemy wants us to think we're just sinners. I know the saved by grace is there. But we think to ourselves, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, of course, I, I sin. I'm a sinner. Did you sin this morning? You only made breakfast and you drove to church. What did you do? Run somebody down? No, you arrived here. You most likely didn't sin this morning. I'm not talking about this afternoon. I'm talking about this morning, all right? So... No, you most likely didn't sin this morning. If you didn't sin this morning, you don't have to sin this afternoon or tonight or tomorrow or the next night. So therefore, you are not a sinner because sinners sin. You are a saint who sometimes may sin but has the promise of God's forgiveness. So that's what you are. You're still a saint. But you don't always feel like one, do you? Are you a saint? Sanctify saint. Sanctified saint. <laughs> Let me ask your wife that question. All right, so is he a saint? Yes. <laughs> Let me move on. You guys go to the altar. Oh, you are t uh, altar workers, uh, uh, altar team members. All right. 
You, I know you're a saint. Yes. Do you feel like a saint? Yes. All the time? All the time. Gracious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even have, in my sleep, Pastor. Even in your... Yes. Why is that? Because you're married to her? Yes. Uh, so, anyway. <laughs> you always feel like a saint? Yes, I do. Really? I should have gone to somebody. I'm looking for somebody that doesn't always feel... You don't, you don't always feel like a saint, do you? Not always. I knew that. Okay. And so, you always feel like a saint? All the time. All the time. I'm going to leave in this second row, all right? So I'm getting back here with some people that don't feel like it, all right? No. Nope. You don't always feel like it? No. Nope. Well, you look like it. But I love it. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. You're a saint whether you feel like it or not. It's, you're a saint whether you talk like it or not. You're a saint whether you act like it or not. Your sainthood is your position in Christ that he has given you and called you. So nothing is going to take that away. You're a saint. You're a saint. Yes, I believe. I believe. Yes, you are a saint. You believe in Jesus. You love Amen. Jesus, right? Amen. Then you are a saint. All right. Somebody turn around and call her a saint. All right. So, all right. You're a saint. Turn to the person next to you. Say, you're a saint. You look like a saint. Well, say it anyway. All right. So, you look like a saint. Uh, you husbands or wives, you're like, uh. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah, you're a saint. All right, so um, you don't always feel like a saint. You don't always talk like a saint. You don't always look like a saint. I didn't, I didn't feel like a saint this morning when I woke up at 5.30. I did not feel like a saint. I felt like a sinner who wanted to stay in bed. I, no, I didn't feel like a sinner. I just felt, didn't feel like a saint. Now, I don't know what a saint's supposed to feel like. But it doesn't matter what you feel like. It is a position that God has called you to and called you rightly to. So afterwards, uh, if you want to walk up and call me, don't call me Sir Carl. Just walk up and call me Saint, all right? Uh, that's all right. And call somebody else a saint before you get out of the building. And if you're having a problem with you, go home, look in the mirror and say, you're a beautiful saint. You are a saint of God. Because when you start believing you're a saint, you will start acting like a saint. We're all saints who sometimes may sin, but we are a saint who then immediately does what saints do and asks forgiveness. Say amen. All right. Let me go to verse 1, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. I will stand my watch, set myself on the rampart, and here it is, I'll watch to see what he will say to me. This is the important part I want to draw out of this verse. He says, I will watch and see what he says to me. So inside of this overarching vision that God has written down for us, he wants us to hear his voice and know what he's calling us to, and then we respond to that. And when I first, and I've told this story, but when I first got called to the ministry, I did not want to. I resisted it for several weeks, but God had so impressed that upon my heart, and yet I resisted. I didn't want to be a preacher. I wanted to... I, didn't, I don't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to make money. I, I wanted to be successful. 
Um, I didn't know what that looked like. I just didn't. I'd been poor all my life. I, I didn't feel like being poor the rest of my life, all right? All the preachers I knew were poor. Uh, people took them groceries. I'm like, dear God, have mercy. Um, I don't want to be that person. Uh, I found out the banks thought that pastors were the uh, most terrible credit people out there. Uh, and I'm like, dear God, pastors shouldn't be that way. And if that's the way they are, I don't want to be one. But finally, I said, yes, yes, God, I will be poor the rest of my life. I've been poor already. It's no big deal. No, God will speak to your heart what he has for your life within the confines of the vision that he has written down for us and thrust you forth. So persevere, walk through the difficulties, keep on going because God has a vision for you and your life. And so think about the 10 years from now. Don't think about your problems right now. Think about where you're going to be but don't think that there's going to be an absence of something in between and you're going to finally get there. No, God wants to do in your life every day, every year till you get there and then beyond by the grace of God. So raise your expectations about your future. Some of you are sitting here and you're like, I made such a mess of my life, it's never going to change. First of all, don't ever say that again. Those of you online, if you're watching and you're thinking, I've made such a mess of my life that it will never change, that's a lie. I said, that is a lie. You should never repeat a lie again. You want to talk about something, you want to discuss something, then look at what the Word says. Raise your expectations. Fix your thoughts on God's vision for you. Study the scripture, the overall arching view and vision of God. Study the scripture. Consult the experience. Continue in prayer and quit stinking thinking, all right? Get rid of all stinking thinking that's holding you down and causing you to believe things that are a lie. How many of you can just, when somebody just outright lies to you, what are you, what's your usual response? It's like, I can't believe they lied to me. And they're, if you're not careful, they'll become a distrust and even an anger. Uh, so you're a saint, so you don't do that, but others do, all right? So you don't like people lying to you. Years ago when, uh, Years ago, when people would come to church and say, I've got a need, I said, okay, let's stop right there. I'm going to do a little research. We want to help you if we, we can. But please, please don't lie to me. If you lie to me, I'm not going to like it. May not even help you. I said, so go. I didn't say it that way. I just said, so share with me, all right? So they shared with me. And I'm like, dear God, they're lying to me. They're lying. Even after I told, if you, even if you're lying, you know, if you don't lie, we'll help you. That was before I knew a lot and more than I, like I do now. But um, I hated people lying to me. Um, and yet we lie to ourselves sometimes because we believe things that are not according to God's word. There are times that we face life and we're tossed and we're perplexed. 
with doubts concerning the methods of, of providence and tempted to think that chance, not a wise God, governs the world. Well, let me tell you something. God governs the world. I mean, there's evil that goes on. I'm not talking about him being involved in that, of course. But God is more active in every situation, even reaching into the, the depths of despair and evil to, by the grace of God, pull them out. And the Bible says in Psalm 77, 6, and my spirit makes diligent search. This is what Habakkuk was doing. He went up on a rampart and he was making diligent search, searching out, God, speak to me. Give me the answers for my life. God, I'm a little confused. God, I was headed this way, but I don't know if this is the way I'm supposed to go. God, speak to me. And God spoke to him. And if you will seek out God, draw near to God, he's going to draw near to you. Say amen. The solution to every problem is written in God's word. So many times we let problems become our barrier to the fulfillment of God's plan for our lives. And so as a result of that, the, the, the prophet was looking to get that answer he needed. And this morning, maybe you're like, God, I don't, I don't know. I, I've kind of lost track. I'm off track. God, I need guidance uh, just like the prophet, the same was going on with him, but God supplied the direction that he needed. The prophet was looking. He wanted to know what God thought about the situations and problems he faced. Our thoughts at times thrust upon us the negative, the untrue, the contrary to the word. It's essential to understand the importance of what thoughts are in our minds. We realize that nothing exists apart from thoughts. Think about it. Nothing exists apart from God. The Trinity is made up of God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, of course. And I don't think I do injustice by saying this statement. The Father is the originator of thought. Uh, the Son the Son is the Word. So just like, think about it in our context, we have thoughts that eventually come out as words, and the Word of God is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so think about this as thoughts are in our minds, and then we speak them, the Son of God took the thoughts of the Father and spoke them. The Bible tells us Jesus spoke the worlds into existence. He's the one, the Holy Spirit, he spoke, and the Holy Spirit executed those words into action. So you and I, think about it. We have thoughts that need to line up with the Word of God, and then we speak them and the Holy Spirit goes to work on taking those words and creating a, a, a vision for our life and even others. Thank God. We're made in the image of God. We are the sons and daughters of God. Therefore, we're able to receive the thoughts of God, especially as they're written in the Word. May God help us. Without a vision, the people perish. Without a vision, the people perish.
Don't let problems get you down. Don't let them throw you off track. Don't let them cause you to doubt God's love for you. Don't let them. And those of you, yes, that are watching somewhere on the screen, you're the same. You are facing things, and some of you are facing a lot of things. But God, but God, don't ever let your present circumstances dictate to you God's plan for your life or change God's plan for your life. God has an incredible plan for our lives, an incredible future for our lives. And so get excited. Raise those expectations. Get excited about it. Don't let our problems weigh us down. Don't think our present situation is going to last forever. There's too many people in that boat. They're like, I've made a mess. I've messed up. And I don't know how God is ever going to turn this around. Well, that's why Romans 8.28 is there. Because then you're reading through the Word, and all of a sudden you come to that Scripture. And as Paul wrote, he says, And we know that all things, good, bad, all things work together for good to those who love God. How many of you believe that? With all your heart, you believe that. Let me tell you, you're a saint. You got to believe that. Stop confessing things that are not in, not in line with God's word. Be a person of faith. Uh, I told this story earlier in the service. I, I, I feel like as a pastor, I, I've had great compassion for people, and it comes from God. I may not even like you if I hadn't known God, all right? So I'm just telling you, all right? Uh, but because of God, I love you dearly, but I don't know what I'd be like if I'd never served God. Anyway, um, and I don't, in that place of compassion for people, it's, Still too easy for me to slip into another mode, to slip out of speaking faith, such as a man with four or five adopted kids, him and his wife. That was a chore in itself, trust me, but, but he had a good job, made, made good money, and I'd gotten close to this family. This was over at the other campus, and I'd gotten close to them, worked with them, prayed with them, counseled with them. And one day he was walking out of the sanctuary, but I'd already heard he had lost his job. And immediately I'm like, oh, oh my Lord, this is not good. What is he going to do? I mean, I was worried. God was worried. I mean, it was just sad. And he walks out of the sanctuary and I'm like, oh, I see him. And immediately I feel, I'm so sorry. You lost your job. And he looks at me and he says, Pastor, with a smile, with a smile on his face, he rebukes me. And he has the audacity to say, Pastor, it's going to be all right. I'm going to get another job, probably better, and walks out the door and leaves me hanging. <laughs> I'm like, what just happened? I'm trying to be compassionate. He just walks out like he's a man of faith or something and uh, <laughs> declares that God will provide. 
Well, you know what? I didn't have to be concerned. I should have been the one saying, brother, I know you lost your job, but God's going to provide. Yet, there's a little bit of me from my background that says the person can say, that's easy for you to say, you got a job. But no, it should be easy for all of us to speak faith, even in the most difficult moments of life, to speak what the overall arching vision of God is for our lives. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thanks for joining with us in our pursuit of getting closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.